In the 20th century, biological, anthropological, and population genetic analyses of human variation demonstrated conclusively that anatomically modern humans are not classifiable into biologic races, but socially defined races continue to be viewed as if they were accurate reflections of biologic variation within our species, including in medical education and clinical practice. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Joseph Graves, Jr., a professor of biological sciences at North Carolina A&T State University. Dr. Graves has co-authored a perspective article about medical misconceptions and racial categories. Dr. Graves, you write in your article that racial categories are socially defined rather than being reflections of biologic variation. So what kind of evidence do we have to show that race is not a matter of biology? The evidence that we have is derived first from looking at the distribution of physical traits. So physical variation in the human species is discordant, meaning that it is not consistently correlated so that human populations actually represent a mix and match of physical traits around the world so that you can't even use physical metrics to try to unambiguously classify people into biological races. And we knew this by the 1940s. Once population genetic data became available beginning in the late 1960s, it became even more clear that the groups that were socially defined as races did not hold up with regard to the distribution of genetic variants. And once we began to be able to do whole genome sequencing in the 21st century at a large scale, it became even more apparent that there was much more genetic variation within groups called biological races than there was between them, and hence no statistical way to separate human beings into biological races. So what are the problems with medical students and physicians associating certain diseases with socially defined racial groups? Well, the problem is, is that those associations are often specious. In other words, if you think that only African Americans are likely to have sickle cell anemia, you're simply wrong. I mean, that variant has a high frequency in populations surrounding the Mediterranean, going into the Saudi Peninsula, into India, and also into the Far East. And so it's possible for individuals from literally anywhere within the range in which malaria is commonly found to carry the sickle cell or other anti-malarial adaptations which are associated with various diseases. And in the same way, within that same geographical zone, there are populations that live in conditions which don't foster the transmission of malaria. And those individuals who are as African as Africans who have anti-malarial adaptations don't carry those traits. And so if you associate a socially defined race with a supposed disease, you are very often wrong. You write too that historically, these associations don't account for cultural and social determinants of health, such as poverty and access to medical care. So how can clinicians more appropriately consider social determinants in diagnosing and treating their patients? I think that medicine has to do a better job of collecting data. And I know there are difficulties with regard to questions of privacy and so forth, but one should not assume that underlying causes of disease differentials in different groups of people are the result of underlying genetics. And in fact, we often find that the most powerful determinants of disease risk are those environmental factors that are differentially visited upon people due to the racial history, particularly of the United States and Western Europe. 
So we need to do a better job of collecting that kind of information and then using it to help us tailor how we approach diagnosis. You note in your article that this racialization of disease is propagated on many fronts, including through licensing exams, the test prep industry. So what steps do you see being needed to begin correcting these misconceptions in medical education? So the problem is that we shouldn't have any professional licensing based upon false ideas. Certainly, if we were licensing engineers using false engineering principles, people would be upset about that. So in the case of medical licensing, if it's operating on ideas that were essentially proven to be false in the 20th century, it's well overdue with regard to changing the process by which physicians are licensed, such that licensing takes into account 21st century understanding of human biological variation. Finally, what about misconceptions among current physicians? What do you see that can be done to increase their understanding of human biologic variation and disease and to ensure that racial categories aren't playing an inappropriate role in clinical care? In every profession that I know of, there's ongoing professional training associated with that profession. My colleague, Dr. Andrea Dayrup, first got me involved in doing a revision of one of the most widely used pathology textbooks, Robin's Basic Pathology, precisely so that we could address these ongoing misconceptions that were present in that text. And we pretty much spent the last year doing that. Another thing we've done over the last year is we've been giving a series of grand rounds lectures at medical schools across the country to put this issue into focus and bring it to the forefront And so that these departments would recognize that there's a need for ongoing professional training around how their work relates to the new science of biological variation within our species. So the bottom line is, if you're a professional and you're operating on old information, you should update your information and should think about how that new information can better inform the way you carry out your profession. Thank you, Dr. Graves.